0: It takes two, baby. It takes two, me and you.
1: Well, hello, and welcome to a new episode of Talking Archives with Terry and Jesse, a subset of Set Lessing Bruce. I am one of your hosts, Jesse Jackson, and joining me anytime we talk archives is my good friend, my brother in Springsteen, (laughs) Terry Smith. Jesse, lovely to be here and
2: and talking about the archives again.
1: Uh, Yeah, um, you know, it's always fun to talk. Uh, How are things been going with you, Terry? Uh, things are
2: good. Things are good. Uh, you know, the UK, uh, well, I'm in Scotland, so from a COVID point of view, things are just starting to uh, open up. Although one of my, uh, my favourite song lyrics is Tom Waits, who says, there ain't no devil, there's just God when he's drunk. Um, <laughs> and in a remarkable bit of perversity, on the 1st of May, pubs in Scotland were allowed to serve beer outside. And on the 1st of May... Last year was the driest May in history. This year, May has been the wettest in history. (laughs) (laughs) So all these poor pubs that have been closed for months, you know, so you'll have, I have to say I didn't do it, but you've seen people huddling outside pubs getting very wet having a beer. But yeah, life is, um, you know, vaccination's going well, life is getting slowly uh, back to normal. But uh, I've actually booked, a couple of uh, tickets for gigs in the sort of September-October time frame, so uh, yeah, we're good.
1: Well, that's good. How about, uh, how are, um, vaccine-wise, how are you guys set up?
2: We're good, so uh, both Laura and I have had our our first vaccine, and in fact, I got my appointment uh, two days ago um, for my second, so I get my second in just over a week, and Laura will probably be a week after that, so... (laughs) Yeah, the UK. Uh, I mean, without getting into all the details, this is, but this is a personal. But you will find not a solitary view. Uh, I think the the UK government, and I draw a distinction between that and the Scottish government, have done a really poor job overall on COVID. But I have to say, the vaccine program has been a massive, massive success, um, yeah. and is incredibly um, impressive when you go just logistically. I mean, it's incredible.
1: So. Yeah, I, I did want to brag that uh, I've had both my shots, and um, just not too far from my house is um, this huge Texas Motor Speedway, which is this huge race complex that you know they will have races there, and uh, you know hundreds, uh, hundred thousand people you know attending, and um, you know when I got notified that it was time for my vaccine you know they said go to texas motor speedway and so you drive up and they like you're queuing for a ball game or you know there's people driving you and they point you to a line and you go to a line and <clears throat> um, they tell you what radio station to turn to they give you instructions and you roll down the window and the guy says can i see your id and he says, Can I see your barcode? And he looks at your barcode and he scans it. And he goes, Okay. He says, uh, Drive up there. And so I drove up to the next stop. Lady um, hands me a clipboard, says, Fill this out, go to the next stop. So I fill, you know, I, I drive up, I park, I fill out the form. It's, you know, name, any, you know, just temp the simple questionnaire and sign it. Go to the next stop. They go, Okay, fill it. They put a little, card on my windshield showing that i had been checked in Uh, i drive under a tent the lady says which arm i said my left arm (laughs) you know that way you don't have to get a yeah she just stabs me with the vaccine i haven't left the car yet and um she goes okay drive ahead um and then she says wait 15 minutes honk your horn Flash your lights if you start feeling bad. And so for 15 minutes, I'm sitting in the car, and then um, they, they've got it a timer, and the guy then waves us on, and um, less than 25 minutes. Yep. Never got out of my car.
2: Well, I mean, only America can do dry, dry, drive-through <laughs> vaccination. <laughs>
1: I'm surprised there wasn't
2: a movie playing as well, Jesse. I uh, know um, it
1: was just crazy.
2: No, but in fairness, and I mean, you know, my days at Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, we used to do, you know, events for twenty, twenty-five thousand people. Yeah. And you know, those that. What goes on behind the scenes to move that many people through a building and everything is just, is miraculous. So, uh, yeah, I am I am in awe of what they've done. Um, I mean, my experience was, was very, very similar. I mean, I did have to get out of the car, but literally Laura dropped me off and w- uh, they did say, you know, keep an eye on yourself for 15 minutes, you're not driving away, uh, which I wasn't. So, literally, I was in, and it was the Edinburgh um, Conference Centre, I was in a um, and back in the car inside 10 minutes. Um so yeah it's uh, it's good. But you know it's yeah. going to be it's going to be a long road. I mean you know I go to Austin City Limits festival every year but uh, yes. they have just announced that they are going ahead. Um but I will not be going. Um okay. you know, I have no desire to get on a plane and travel for 16 hours at the moment. Um right. so we are um, we are going to work through a number of weekend breaks that we've booked over the last 18 months that haven't happened. And we're not going to go outside Scotland, basically. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I can understand that. Yeah. So well, good. Why, well, I'm glad things are going. And, uh, you know, we're all kind of counting the days till 2022, Yep. where we could hopefully get a new Springsteen tour.
2: Well, hey, I have to tell you the final thing on COVID, by the way, I read the other yeah. day, and this might seriously be the breakthrough for gigs Um, a number of countries have done experiments with dogs Mm -hmm. and apparently covid gives off a smell and Ah. the the dog's accuracy of telling people who've got covid was 97 percent and the accuracy Mm -hmm. of telling people who hadn't was 91 so um it may well be that if we get a turn next year there'll be a vaccine certificate and a dog involved but um yeah i thought that was a fascinating bit of research
1: yeah that is very weird Uh, that would be great though Um, you've got to find a way
2: to get people through quickly if you're going to do big gigs. and that's that's going to be the challenge but hey fingers crossed um,
1: yeah and i know we have we've had a lot of discussion um about you know uh you know i i don't know if you with your children, they ever played like, um, youth sports. Yep. But when I had to sign Chris up for little league, I had to bring his birth certificate. I had to bring his immunization records. I mean, you know, this is, it is not unusual to have to show you have been vaccinated to be part of something. So, um, I, I understand people's concerns about personal Liberty and we don't want to get political, but there is not, it isn't like it's unprecedented to have a, You know, ID card to show yes, I, you know, I am vaccinated, I'm okay. So
2: it is, it's actually, I think, one of those interesting cultural things that the backlash against any suggestion of identity card, um, I think, is stronger in the UK than it is in the US. Yeah. And there's just a thing, you know, I mean, people here don't, don't, people tend not even to carry their driving license. I didn't for years, but certainly you don't carry your passport. And and there's never been any concept of, Sort of ID card. Um, yeah, you know, you guys ca- carry will carry a healthcare card. You know, yes, we don't. Everybody actually has an NHS number. No one knows what it is.
1: <laughs> That's Seriously. Terrifying.
2: Um. So yeah, it's an interesting. But uh, I'm with you. That just says I've got absolutely
1: no issue with. Showing anything to anyone that's going to make yeah, this exactly. Easy. So one of the, the we we have not talked in a couple of archive releases, and I just kind of wanted to talk about that. Um, you and I were just not. We didn't feel like there was anything to discuss in the latest archives. Like the Madison Square Garden show was exactly the same show that they have released um except with one other song that he changed the set list by one song um i know some people will say yeah but that's a pretty big change and it's a big song but i didn't we just didn't feel like there was much to discuss um because we had already discussed the show um so um we kind of emailed each other and said, well, what do you think? He said, oh, let's just pass. Um, so any thoughts about the two or three that we didn't talk about that you just wanted to share before we move today?
2: Yeah, the Madison, I think Madison Square, he actually he did change more. And having had time to reflect on it, I mean, the the Madison Square Garden show is a great show. And, you know, it starts with Code of Silence. Right. There is a lot of goodness in there. So I think, you know, as a, as a show of the two we didn't cover I I still think that is a good show but there is this question and I think I actually think it would be good for them the organization to just say what's the what's the plan going forward with the archive series because something that occurred to me the other day is I wonder whether you know if we hadn't had covid and Bruce had be touring would they have carried on with the archive series yes. or actually would they have just stopped and then started releasing all the new live shows um so um, I would never go as far as to say, you know, Scrape in the Barrel, because these are all good shows. But absolutely, I think where I'm at now, and I think you're in the same place, Jesse, is, you know, I'd love to get together and talk when there's a show where we both go, yes. Or even one of us just says, look, this one's special. And, and yes. the one we are going to talk about in detail today, I think, falls into that category. The one that actually, so Madison Square Gardens, I was sort of up for talking about. It was then the Tunnel of Love uh, show from LA that came out, um, yeah. and that, and you know, I always love Eric Flanagan's articles that go with the releases. Mm-hmm. But if you look at his article there, you know, it does state this fact that um, this, the the twenty eighth of April set differs by one song from the previously released twenty April twenty third show. Yes. And I'm like, now, you have to remember, Eric Flanagan is a guy who saw, you know, that tour 21 times. Yes. <laughs> and that was a tour, you know, Tunnel Love was a tour where he wasn't doing a lot of set changes. But that was, the, I think, the first time where I just sat there and thought, hmm, you know, this is... It, are we just getting to the point now where it's and you know, I'm in that dilemma of because I'm a completist, I've got everything. I've got to keep buying them. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I did listen to it and again, you know, if somebody was coming in and it was the first archive they'd ever heard, they'd say, What a great show. But I think in the context of the 70 of what we've had, I do think they need to to think about what are they trying to achieve going forward. That said, then the, the the one we're going to talk about arrived, and it was like, oh, okay, so that's my view, Jesse. No, think?
1: I, I think I'm right there with you, and, yeah, I did get confused. The Madison Square Garden show was different, but uh, I knew one of them was exactly the same because, yeah. you know, I love Tunnel of Love um, and would have adored to be on that tour, and but then you're like, well, wait a minute, I – I just bought a release about this earlier that had almost all these, you know, songs. So, um, but, uh, just recently they released, um, Boston garden, uh, uh, December 13th, 1992 the other band, Mm -hmm. the show starts off with better days. And so just seeing that immediately, I emailed you and said, okay, With everything that I've got going on, (laughs) any show that starts with better days, I want to talk about. And you immediately went, I'm right there with you. So I did a little research. There is an energy in this show and there is a sense of joy that just sounds so fresh. Yep. And I... According to the internet, which you know is never wrong, (laughs) the final Tunnel of Love show was August 4th, 1988. So that means that it has been – and I realize this is not the first show of this tour, but it has been three or four years – since bruce had toured with anyone i'm sure he's done you know solo shows or nothing but a full tour so i think that being off the road that long is going to be similar to i think shows when we get them in 2022 will have an amazing sense of joy uh same as i do think that the river tour was having yeah. in 2016, because it had been a couple of years since they toured and they had lost. Um, it just felt like they were, they were realizing the road in front of us is shorter than the road behind us. Let's, let's embrace and enjoy every chance we get to sing together.
2: Yeah. I think you're right. I mean, energy and joy, I think are lovely words. And, you know, if I look at my notes, One, I really enjoyed listening to this. It's not will Talk. It's not all great. Uh, It's not all dated as well as maybe we would would like, but it's a lot of fun to listen to. And the one thing you can hear is, God, the audience are having a great time. Yes, they are. (laughs) Yes. Um, And it's interesting you saying from the timing point of view, Jesse, because... I, I saw this tour twice, so I saw, he, he came to Europe first, so that would be in the summer of 92, um, so I saw, I, I didn't actually check, but it'd be about show 9 or 10, so that was, and that was in um, um, uh, Wembley, Wembley Arena, and it was, a, it was a good show, but the band was still becoming a band, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. Um, And then I saw him in Sheffield the following year, and actually, whenever the other band comes up and people go, I said, well, do you know what? That show in Sheffield was one of, it would certainly be in my top 10, if not top five. What I think they've done with this release is just the timing, and you've picked up on it, because the previous ones in the archives, and this is where I think it makes sense, is they've released two of the shows. The first one was one of the first shows in America after he got back from Europe. So it's an early show. And then the, what, the second one they released was late in the tour when he was actually doing lots of set changes. So this, I think, captures... It's got, what, 16 songs, I think, from Human Touch and Lucky Town. It captures the new material and the new band at their peak. You know, they're in now. Yes. And he hasn't he hasn't yet got to oh I'll start just changing the set list and throwing things around. So it's one of the reasons I think this absolutely is a good document of that tour. Because it says, Here's the band, it's not early stages, you know, they're really on top form and this represents what that tour was.
1: Yeah, and I am a fan um Early in the podcast, I would ask the guest, would you, do you like the E Street Band Orchestra or E Street Band on steroids where you have the horn section and the background singers or do you prefer just the core band, I I don't think there is a right answer or wrong answer, because uh, it does seem amazing, like for the river tour, that the bare bones band still is what eight, nine members, you know, it's a yeah. huge band, <laughs> you know, they sound amazing, but I love the full horn section. I love the background singers. Yep. Um, I, I, I love that style and to hear the enthusiasm and the joy on this. And it's also um, because and this for this era was a, maybe a decent, you know, a pretty standard set list from a modern ear. We're hearing songs that don't get played live anymore. I mean, we get darkness, we get badlands, we get born in the USA light of day But, you know, we don't get Dancing in the Dark. Instead, we get Glory Days and Thunder Road, Born to Run. There are so many songs that, you know, right now, I think people would, you know, these would be sign requests or people would be like, yes, and tricking off their bingo card. Yes. I can't believe I'm getting living proof, you know. Uh, Well,
2: so um, let's thank you. Thank you for the link. Let's talk about the, um, I think you came up with Magic Moments, didn't you? Because yeah. I think there are some highlights here, and, and you've just... I mean, you look at that opening, you know, and when people knock the... Tw- you know, Better Days, Local Hero, Lucky Town, they are three great songs. Yes, you they know, are. Just no argument, in my view. Um, I th- then, then Into Darkness, and that was a sort of standard move. They do a great version of that. The Big Muddy, I think, is stunning. Yes. Absolutely stunning and I, I you know you look at the wiki apparently particularly in the states that was that became toilet break time if it was later. I just, you know, that's a song I would love to hear on the next tour. Yes. Um, you know, it's never no no gig is going to be bad when trapped is in there. Um right. unfortunately in the middle of that is 57 channels and nothing gone. <laughs>
1: that was one of my skip it lines uh, that is not I don't
2: well, here's my view, which is I actually liked the track on the album because I think mm. it's it's a it's a funny song. Yes, but I think what he tried to do live was then turn it into a into a serious message, which he does very well on occasions. But yeah. I just so yeah, I think that's I, I think what you say about that is of its time. But I know you sort of looked and said, "Better days." Given what I'm going through, this is one we do. For me, it was the twofer, as they say, of Living Proof and If I Should Fall Behind. Yes. Because Living Proof, and you've heard me talk about this before, is if, if I could ask Bruce to re-record one song, it would be Living Proof. Because it was, you know, my, when it was, the album came out, my son was two. It was always his song, and I love the lyrics, but I never liked I didn't like the album version, and I never think it's worked live. This is the best version I've heard, and to then have that followed by "If I Should Fall Behind," which was my wedding song. Oh yeah!
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that is—I'm looking at the set list here. That's um, 16 minutes and 33 seconds of bliss. So that you know that that for me, I just—I looked at the set list and just thought, "I've got to, I've got to have this." So that that was a lovely moment, I have to say.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, and even the show starting where he, you know, the river outside is frightful, you yeah. know, it is because... That's such a dad joke, but it's also perfect because I don't I mean, I don't know if you've done that, Terry, but I have done that. I have gone into uh, work when it's horribly, you know, cold and rainy or snowy and like, you know, hey, the weather outside is (laughs) dreadful. I I, wish I had done it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So it's just a funny, uh, funny story. Um, yes, absolutely. Living Proof is amazing. Um, great version of Brilliant Disguise. Yep. I, uh, The Souls of the Departed, then Born in the USA, uh, Real World, uh, just really, uh, it, it's all, I, you know, I, I would love to talk to Bruce about many things, but what was his thought process of, okay, what e street standards do i mix into this with the modern um set uh you know with the with my current songs are there songs that i feel like i i have to play or are there songs that i think fit in the narrative i want to tell
2: yeah i I mean great question um i'll give you my view which is Of course, 98% conjecture and 2% reading stuff on the internet, which, as you say, is never wrong. Um, I think the only song he felt he had to do was uh, Born to Run. But interestingly, that was the only song he did with a sax part in it. Yeah. So, you know, his first... I guess his first filter was, would take everything out that had Clarence on it in any significant way. Um, You know, and uh, he played a lot of... um, Born in the USA album. So, you know, one of the reasons I like this particular archive is the fact it's got so much of Human Touch and Lucky Town on it. Um, Absolutely. You know, it's interesting, you mentioned in Souls of the Departed. um, That absolutely works, putting that with Born in the USA. But I then thought about, and I've talked about this show before, I know it's, um, but the Charlotte show where he came out for the encore and he did the wall into born in the usa yes and i guess the difference is i think the problem with souls of departed is it's it's not an awful but it's not a great song and born in the usa right. is yes um and the wall you know the wall into born in the usa both songs came out bigger by being put next to each other if that makes sense so i i, I liked the move but it for me it didn't quite work um
1: and I do agree with that. I do think that, um, the wall and the born is a, are, you know, a one, two punch. That is just amazing yeah. to talking about. And especially considering someone as he's very candid about did not serve but so much of his generation did and so many of the people uh of his of his era lost their lives there and um you know i've I've said this multiple times that i was never a fan of the blues kind of driven out born in the usa that was on tracks i just i was like nah i don't like this but hearing him do it on broadway Mm. after he tells the story and he says I often wonder who went in my place yeah, and in place that, you know, th- that'll bring tears to your eyes. I to just
2: did.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: Um, on a lighter note, I mean, again, just yes. taking your theme of uh, what was Bruce's thinking. So, yeah. so much to love on this. You know, you look at the onc the on Patty didn't, wasn't a regular member, but obviously guests on this, you know, I still adore human touch. So, the, yeah. the the encore starting with human touch and then finishing with my beautiful reward I think it's lovely but I'd love to know why he thought Gloria's eyes was a good song to start set two with <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is kind of interesting I kind of right? like Hopefully. to know why
2: he thought Gloria's eyes was a yeah. good song frankly but uh, so you know you've got a great start to set one you've got a great start yeah. to the encore and then Gloria and it's like what yeah.
1: Well, you know, it's kind of like we talked about when he did Froggy, when a Courton as his only encore, you're like, <laughs> really? Like what? Like, really? This is what we want to go with. Um, I do think it's interesting, right. That maybe he was thinking, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but like, okay, I've got this new band. I have these two new albums. Um, my best selling albums have been, Born in the USA and Tunnel of Love. So let me pick three or four songs from that to sprinkle in for people who perhaps have never seen me live before. Yeah. 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 You know, and you know, gotta play the hits. And um and and I I have only seen Glory Days a few times live. Now, Dancing in the Dark, almost every show, yep. uh, that this become a staple because, you know, he brings someone on stage and and Jake looks at him like, OK, pick somebody already because I'm tired of playing the saxophone, you know, because yep. uh, this could go forever. Um, so it, I was good to see that. I liked Bobby Jean. A little different intro to Thunder Road.
2: Yes, it's a different arrangement. It's good, isn't it?
1: It is very good. Yeah. Well spotted. Yeah, and I really like that.
2: And then... um, Yeah, I think think that has stood up to the test of time really well. It was another one of those. Oh, that's a nice surprise. I'd forgotten about that.
1: Yeah, I did. I I really like that different arrangement. And then I I think it's wonderful to go to Born to Run and My Beautiful Reward. and. And then I thought it's kind of nice. I mean, uh, I know there are people who are going to roll your eyes that Santa Claus is coming to town, but I thought it was kind of a nice little bonus. I mean, it truly did feel like the end of the show is my beautiful reward. We're done. It was. Oh, wait. Let me give you a little bitty Christmas present.
2: Well, it was December, and it was 20, uh, 37 degrees outside, apparently, is one right. of my nerdy facts. So uh, on the basis he's played Santa Claus is Coming to Town in June, yes. <laughs> it actually feels yeah. it feels appropriate on this. Talking about nerdy facts, here's the one mm-hmm. I managed, and I think you'll know this, Jesse, but uh, this is the one I managed to um, to dig up, was that Jeff Beccaro, I think it is, who was in Toto, but also drummed with just about everybody. Um, So he was the drummer on Human Touch and apparently was offered a million dollars to go on the tour and declined. Wow. Now, the other bit, so I knew that because one of my guests way back in Music Talks chose a Toto song. Um, But I then found another article and it was actually because sadly, Jeff O'Caro died when he was 38. Would you believe he was spraying fertilizer on his garden? Ooh. And he basically, it appears that he inhaled it and had a heart attack. Um, <clears throat> but massively talented. I mean, people describe him as the best session drummer ever. Um, but there was there was an interview with his brother um, quite a long time after his death, and they said, you know, he he turned down Springsteen, he turned down Dire Straits, apparently, because uh, he was basically a studio guy. But his brother said, yeah, you know, one of the problems with Jeff was that playing for two hours took a real physical toll on him. And I'm thinking, well. No wonder he turned Bruce down, because this show's three hours, 20
1: minutes. <laughs> yes,
2: it is. Now, I was surprised listening to it, because I'd forgotten that he was still doing the We'll Take a Break in 1992. Yes. Um, and it did occur to me that as we look and hope for a turn next year, one thing I have to believe will get in, in, reintroduced is we're taking a break because I just think from from a physical point, and I, for one, actually, will be happy with that because I, I love the long shows, but I think there's yes. a, sometimes... One of the things I used to love about, you know, We'll Take a Break, was it gave you time to step back and reflect to what you'd just seen, yes. you know, and sort of get some, get some perspective on it, and then you went again. Um yeah. But, yeah, I just think from a, you know, in his 70s and that... He'll get hit with – if he came out and just did a 90-minute show, I think people would – be a riot. So he's got to find a way to do longer shows, and I think taking yeah. a break is one way of doing it.
1: Yeah, I think so, and I, I'm perfectly okay with that. You know, I am not someone um – I've seen a few people on the internet, like, let's get rid of the fake encore and, you know, that's, you know, oh, we, why do we go through this? And I'm like, no, it, it's it's a chance for the band to go back and get a drink of water, use the bathroom if they need to, yep, you know, just, just, you know, get a feel. So it, it's it's perfectly okay. Um, any other thoughts? Any other highlights or um, uh, no, history notes? No, just let me have a look okay. at my notes.
2: Oh, well, I think the only other highlight is um, when he... <laughs> When he go when he crowd serves in leap of faith I can only sh- assume given some of the stuff that's in there that there was some manhandling going on <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes and then yes, it's dangerous over there tonight but uh, yeah so that 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 brought a, a smile to the face so uh, but no um, I, I you said it absolutely at the start Jesse uh, energy joy and I, I guess I'd add fun to it I think it's a it's a good. It's a it's a good live album and one that I think I will play again, which has not been true of all the archive releases recently.
1: Yeah, that's, that's I agree. I, I had a great time listening to this one and I know that I will listen to it again. It's a, it's a fun show. They, there's a sense of joy. You know, I often think about that, that, you know, as you mentioned earlier, you know, people rolling their eyes, especially long-term fans about the other band, but now that we know the end of the story bruce needed and the band needed this chance to go do other things to come back and be stronger and better Absolutely. you know if we ever and so and this was a very good band i would have loved to seen this show yeah i you know i just think um i would love the you know every once in a while i i wish there was a video to go along with the audio to capture that time and and i know you can see some of it on youtube but not you know like uh, you just wish that every tour uh zemini would um you know record at least a couple of uh, episode, you know, a couple of um concerts and then kind of give us a um a what an example of what it looked like during the you know this tour or something
2: i mean there's the unplugged but that i mean it's good i enjoy it but it's it's not a real life um i mean we're coming up next year for what 30th anniversary so who knows but you've got to believe that they filmed some of it yes got to believe um and it would be um it would be it would be well worth seeing we're definitely now,
1: one of the things that, um, our, our fellow Springsteen podcast, on But the brave, um, you know, talk about that. They're um, just for some reason, the, the rising tours, there is not good audio. So it is very rare for them to get rising shows out there. They are going to be rare. And, uh, because my hope is, you know, my first show was the rising in dallas and i would love to have an official release of that um i i I had a a bootleg uh, cd uh several years ago that i've misplaced somewhere but i would love to have a good version of that but i guess that that is one of the tours that just did not have a lot of good audio for.
2: Well, apparently, the, and there is an irony here, because, you know, as well as being a Bruce fan and a music fan, I'm yeah. a hi-fi nerd. So um, it's the um, it's the victim of being the early adopter. So apparently they recorded most, if not, well, it can't be all the shows, because they have managed to get one or two, but they recorded most of the shows in a format called DSF, which was basically behind what was behind Super Audio CD, and the irony is, if you look on the website, you, and uh, I did this for a while, I've now gone down a quality level because um, it was the most expensive. Is actually that format, so it's now a live format um, that's been adopted, although not not that widely. But yeah, in in two thousand and where were we? Two thousand and three. That was really early yeah. days. Now I've never, I've not found anything to explain what the problem is, other than. They did that and they just can't get the stuff out, which um, you know, back to what is the the role of the archive series, I th- I, I do think it is what's the right word, uh, damaged a little by that because those you know, that was a great tour and some fantastic shows and in some ways yeah. I think the you know, the E Street band at its peak in the sense that, you know, the being the reunion tour the then being the new album and it was it was it was so fresh and yet you know they've been playing together for 25 30, 30 years <laughs> yeah exactly um, yeah. so hey let's hope that somebody there's got to be a way to yeah. uh, there's got to be a way to get that to that hopefully.
1: Absolutely. all right well let's wrap it up because I know you have a football match to watch. Uh, if someone wants to reach you, how can they? Uh,
2: they can reach me on good old email uh, which is music at outlook.com. Or on Twitter, uh, it's just at musictalkspod.
1: And I can be reached at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show can be reached at Set Lusting Bruce. And uh, as always, Terry, this is great. Let's hope for another great archive in the next uh, month or so, so we can visit again. But regardless, you know, you and I are going to find an excuse to talk sometime, <laughs> anytime, right?
2: We certainly will. And um, I know we normally um, play out with two hearts, but given I got the clip, I'm going to use it again and play out with this, Jesse.
0: 20